Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. My guest today is Marisa Murgatroyd, who is the creator of Live Your Message. And in today's conversation, we talk about how she's growing a multi-seven-figure empire around digital products. And the core of our conversation is focused around her ideas on experiencifying content. In other words, or in summary, that's how do we create content that gets our students coming back and re-engaging with the content daily, weekly, whatever it is, actually completing the tasks that we put in front of them as a content creator, and how do we ensure that they succeed? They complete the course, but also achieve some desired end state or some desired outcome. That was the reason they enrolled in the course to begin with. So in today's conversation, we go into this idea of experiencifying your digital product, your course, your program, whatever it could be. And we highlight two specific ways that you can drive serious engagement with your students and ensure that more people are completing and succeeding from taking your course or enrolling in your program. So I think this is particularly useful for anybody who is an info product creator, anybody creating, marketing, and selling courses, and also anybody who runs any kind of group or maybe even individual coaching program, because I'm thinking of ways that this could be really useful from a one-on-one perspective or from a small group perspective in terms of like ensuring that our students are actually achieving desired results. And my big takeaway from the call is just that. It's that there are some very simple but profound ways you can gamify the learning experience to ensure that your students are achieving their desired end state. And this is going to be some stuff that I took notes on during this call, and I'll be implementing in my own online courses and programs to ensure each one of my students is as successful as possible. So I got a lot out of today's conversation, and I hope you do as well. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. So Marisa, where I want to kick things off with you is to actually get a little bit of your background, how you actually got into what you're doing today, online, selling courses, training, coaching, the whole nine yards, everything you do. What led you to that? Absolutely. Well, I didn't start there, as you can imagine, because most people don't start there because I didn't even know this whole thing about selling products and programs and courses online existed. I was actually a documentary film director and I worked in the nonprofit world. And I started to get super impatient because it felt like, took so long to get a film done. The average documentary film takes three years to get done and less than a thousand people see it. So I just started to get impatient because I'm impatient by nature, which is why entrepreneurship calls to me and felt like I'd spend so long making these films. And by the time they were done, the whole world had changed and it was no longer even all that relevant. And I didn't know what I could do because I'd always been a bit of an artist. I thought, well, I can make things look good and sound good and tell a good story. And I thought that had precisely zero value, but I didn't realize at the time that that's the basis of all business and marketing. So eventually I was like, well, where can I actually put these skills to use? And I thought, well, maybe at the intersection of entrepreneurship and the internet, I didn't even know this industry existed. So I was like, the internet kind of moves fast and I'm impatient. So maybe it's going to be a better fit for me than working in documentary film and nonprofit, which feels like it's so freaking slow. And then a moment came where I was in the editing bay finishing up a film for my boss and she walks in and she's like, Marisa, can I have the power cable? I forgot mine at home. And I was like, I didn't have my computer charged in. I need this because we've got to get this finished today. And then all of a sudden she pulls like, you know, you know, a smeagle on me. And I was like, that computer that you're working on, I own that computer and that power cord, I own that too. So give me the power. And I was like, whoa. And I realized that I'd spent all this time building somebody else's business rather than my own business. And I was giving myself to someone who didn't even really appreciate what it was that I was doing for her. And, you know, even though I love the work of documentary filmmaking, I didn't love the job. I didn't love the boss and I didn't love the context. And I felt there was something 
bigger for me to do that would be more impactful. And that's how I started to figure out there's this whole other world that I didn't even know existed and start to gravitate towards that world. And lo and behold, it combined all my skills and my talents and my expertise. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And what was your first foray into it from documentary employed to essentially, I suppose, self-employed being the first move to kind of like starting your own business and being in this blogging space or, or however you want to kind of define it. What was your first foray into it? How did you like test the waters or what were the first things you do and where did you first get your, how you might describe like your traction, initial traction, like where you were like, oh, this could actually work? Yeah, I actually got my initial traction um, by developing an agency. So for web design, and I started out helping people build websites, but then I realized I was doing way more than helping them build websites. I was helping them build entire brands and online platforms and really figuring out what's the essence of who they are? How do I translate it to the world through my language, through my imagery, through the experiences that I create? So those web design packages went from being three to $7,000 to being fifty dollars to $100,000 because we still do that work today. It's not something that I've moved away from completely in the jump into digital products and trainings and coaching and all of that. So it's still something that I do. And I think service-based businesses are awesome, or at least having some service-based component because it's great people at the end of the day, sometimes they need people to just make it happen for them. And how'd you get then, how'd you move from agency into say, maybe the info product space a little bit. I'm kind of curious about that and how in course creation, like educating, where did that stem from? And what was the desire there? What did you want to do with that? It was actually not even my desire. My boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, um, was like, you're spending too much time on all these people. I want more of your time. What about you make a program and it's going to leverage you? And I'm like, who's going to want to hear from me, right? And of course, millions and millions of dollars in online programs and group coaching courses and things like that later, you know, famous last words. So he saw that in me and I was like, why would someone want to learn from me? I mean, I'm not a teacher. What do I have to share, right? So famous last words, I just decided to give it a shot. And lo and behold, I was great at it. And give us some context of the, the timeline with the, like, we'll say like maybe like the first course or the first like info product that you rolled out. When was that? And what were your early results from that? Like what worked for you then? I'm just kind of curious to give some context to what we'll be talking about like today. I think my first one was around 2012. And it was product that I tried to do absolutely everything and promise the sun, the moon and a bag of chips in the product, which is what people were doing back in the days with info products. It's like the definitive program to teach you how to do this thing. And I think that product maybe over the course of four years sold you know, several hundred copies, but at a thousand, anywhere from 500 to $1,000 each. But compared to these days where I'll do a single product launch, that's a seven figure product launch, four years and a few hundred thousand dollars, you know, it never really took off in the way that I wanted it to take off. And I felt like people weren't finishing the product and getting the results that I hoped for. The people who did, of course, loved it, but the vast majority of people didn't. And that didn't feel so great for me from a social change background. I really wanted people who are buying from me to be getting their results. Okay. So you rolled that out and I like that. We'll, we'll get into this idea of like experienceifying content in just a second, which I'm particularly interested in diving into. But when you were doing that, I'm curious when you first rolled it out, was it like only to your own audience, to your own platform? Because I know you mentioned you do seven figure launches now. So a lot of you have partners and partnerships, um, you know, affiliates, people promoting, and I'm sure you do a lot of other stuff. I'm kind of curious in the initial phases, what were the ways you kind of got the word out about your new course and kind of juxtaposed to today? What does that look like for you? 
Yeah, well, it's not that different. So um, I did send emails to my list, but I also did uh, joint venture webinars. So I had JV partners who hosted me on a webinar to their audience. And I would just do these solo webinars whenever I could get one. So maybe every month or two, someone would host me and I would just do a webinar to their list. And who knows, 10 people would buy or 20 people would buy. And I gradually racked up several hundred sales that way and grew my list along the way. And, and so, okay, that, that's great. Is that still part of your practice now? Or do you kind of like relegate webinars more to like to these large, larger scale launches, like in terms of like how you organize things? Yeah. Now I have evergreen webinars for a couple of our core products. And I also do live webinars still. And, you know, in this launch that I have coming up in October, we'll do four live webinars. Interesting. Okay. So I want to dive into this idea of like what you've been looking at, like kind of internally though, from a product standpoint, that's helped improve things like engagement, which I know is kind of like a loose term we'll say, but there's something to it. So like improve engagement with students, but increase student success. So you use this term experienceifying or walk me through that, like explain that to me and why is that so important? Sure. So when I started to notice people not completing and getting results from my programs, I became fascinated by how could I build something that would get just about anyone, no matter how stuck they felt, how whatever it is, unmotivated they felt as they were just starting to the finish line, the win state, what I call mission accomplished. And I just started to look at where are people actually succeeding in captivating human attention? You know, looking at adult learning, looking at psychology of motivation, looking at video games and reality TV and apps and places where people are hooking people and their attention successfully. And I just started to dabble with integrating stuff into my own programs. And then eventually that set of experiments got to be more and more successful where the results that I was seeing were just off the charts. I had programs that 70 to 90% of people were staying hyper engaged in completing the programs. And in the kind of information-based product world, the average program leaves behind 97% of the customers, meaning 97% of people don't complete the program and get results, which is shocking. That's a failure rate akin to like the insurance industry, which is designed to just take people's money and give nothing in return, right? So for the transformational industry to be performing at the same level as like the insurance industry is kind of shocking. So I just started to get better and better results and realized this was something that I needed to share. So even in my biggest programs right now, the Experience Product Masterclass, for example, where I teach people how to design their own experience products using the set of 10 core principles or experiences that I call them, we saw 45% of our class of 500 students actually hit mission accomplished in the 10 weeks of the program, which is to design, market, and make $2,000 or more from an experienced product in 10 weeks or less. So 45% of people actually getting, making money in $2,000 and actually completing the program and completing a project and marketing a product as well, that's huge because this is not a simple thing to do. It's a very complex thing. Then a full 65% of the class were actually completed all the required trainings, which is huge because this was dozens and dozens and dozens of trainings, right? And then I would say 90, 95% engaged in the program. So the results were gigantic. And so there's a whole set of 10 principles that I've created that you can weave through your curriculum, the delivery of your products, the positioning and the whole structure of your products to get people hooked on taking action and getting results and ultimately learning from you and winning from with you over and over again because they get hooked to your products because you've done something that nobody else can do, which is get them results, right? 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to kind of break this down if we can. And obviously I'd love to know all 10, but we can have that linked up in the show notes, but I'd like to, maybe we just start with like, what were some of the things that you implemented that you teach in this course now of the 10 that you think provide, uh, we'll say the biggest net benefit when you implement like one or two or three of these things, it'll be like the 80, 80, 20 rule of all 10, the few that are like, that have produced, like say the biggest results for you or the things that you've seen that have increased engagement or increased completion rate, student success, what are those? And maybe break those down for us. Well, one of them is mission. So your product has to be oriented around a clear mission. So people need to know what winning looks like, right? So if you don't have a win state that they can actually visualize and understand, they can never win the program. They can never get the result because there is no clearly defined result. And I think back in the days, products just used to be these survey courses that were more informational, but they were getting people to do like 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 different things rather than getting them to one specific win or one specific thing. So I use the formula that I stole from the Mission Accomplished, the Mission Possible movies, which is, i sorry, Mission Impossible movies. I call it the Mission Possible statement, is your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to design, market, and make $2,000 or more in 10 weeks or less from an experience product. So you can get off the marketing treadmill, make more sales and have a greater impact, for example. So just simply using that terminology, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is has you focused to what it is that they're going to do, your audience, versus what you want to give and what you want to provide. So simply by really structuring your entire product on one very clear, tightly focused mission. For example, um, I helped uh, Josh Turner experiencify his appointment generator launch. And you know, for the appointment generator, they're literally booking, I think, four appointments, right? It's very, very specific what they're going to do. Now, a lot goes into booking those four appointments. A lot goes into designing, marketing, making $2,000 from an experience product. But we're focusing on the outcome. And if you can't let people know what they're going to be able to do, be, feel, have, overcome, or achieve in your mission statement, then they don't even know what winning looks like. And that's incredibly demotivating because adult learners in particular learn when they know there's going to be a result. They don't learn just for theoretical learning very often. It's not the way adults tend to learn. Awesome. So that's, that's really helpful. So it sounds like the first piece then when you say mission, it's what is the outcome that the person's going to get if they go through this program and they finish it. And it sounds like yours is very specific in terms of like dollar value that they'd be able to make, within a certain amount of time and a specific way of actually kind of earning that money too, which I think is kind of interesting. So you kind of break it down like the who, what, where, when, why kind of thing. If this is the end state that you're going to achieve, well, should you choose to accept it when you join? Yep. It should be binary. Basically, it's either yes or no. I did it or I didn't. There's no gray area, which makes it scarier for the program creator too. But when you do this, you can wrap a guarantee around it. You can wrap all kinds of things around it. You can wrap all kinds of experiencification, leaderboards, contests, progress. There's so much you can wrap around it when you've got a binary yes, no state attached to your product. But the problem is people shy away from doing it because then they're on the line. You're on the line for delivering the result. But I actually think it's incredibly freeing because you can take everything out of the product that's a diversion from the result and only focus on what needs to be in a product to get someone to the win state, to the mission accomplished state. So I find that freeing because a lot of people are trying to prove themselves and stuff everything into their products in the good intention of giving someone everything they could possibly want to know about their topic area. 
But most people don't want that. They want a shortcut to a result. This is great. Okay. So on this specific note, I'm curious too, because you mentioned two things that I was curious about was the guarantee that might be attached to something like this. Do you encourage that? Do you have one typically? And do you do any kind of like, if you don't reach this, you do all the homework, you do all the, you engage, you do all the things you need to do and you don't hit that $2,000, for example, that will refund your money. Okay. You do offer something like that. Walk me through your process there. Yeah. We call it the can't fail guarantee. So basically we can say that you're going to end up with $2,000 back in your pocket, no matter what happens. So if you do the work, if you show up for X calls, if you leverage the coaching, if you kind of do hit these milestones on these particular dates and you don't make $2,000, then I'll make up the difference. So if they make $800, I'm going to give them $1,200 back and they have to kind of submit the guarantee. So we did that and it worked out really, really well. It was a super compelling guarantee for people. We used milestone docs. So basically Google docs, a Google doc for each person and their coaches would review these milestones along the way, but they had to hit certain milestones at certain dates in the program. And because Google Docs have time stamping, you can actually check the validity of that. Ah, very interesting. I was curious about this. Like, because I would expect, you know, what's interesting is like, even when I do guarantees and, and refunds and stuff like that, I find like the vast majority of people, 97, 98%, like are, do have good intentions. And so it's like always a small percentage that would ever want to like, quote unquote, like game a system or take advantage of something like this. But I like the way that you have it organized so that this specifically, like the idea of Google Docs and milestones. So they have to do certain things by certain dates and times. Essentially, so it, the convert, and where I'm coming at from this is I think about it from an operator perspective of operating something like this. Like, I just wouldn't want to have to have a back and forth to figure out like, did you do the work or whatever? But I like something like that. It's easy. It seems like it would be easy enough to review to see, yeah, they gave it their best shot. Didn't work out. Here you go. Yep, it is. Awesome. And is that all manual for you guys that you guys do all this manually or have you developed software around this or? Well, you know, we... We honored every guarantee submission that came in. We ended up giving back 22,000 out of 1.1 million. So we were not trying to disqualify people on a, on a tiny little contingency. We were like, if, if they honored the spirit of the guarantee, we just gave them the money back. So got it. Okay. Interesting. And I think also what's interesting about that though, too, is just having that guarantee in there. It is, it's more like, okay, I, I believe this person's in my corner. Like if I join this program, she's going to help me get there. And if I just do the work and it's almost like you're pre-framing and you're setting the stage, it's like, you got to do the work, you got to show up, but you will get results. And that seems like it would take away most of clearly that's what, that's like less than a 1% refund, right? If I'm doing the math. And I wanted to give the money away because actually I wanted to be seen as that. I didn't disqualify people on, you know, these like minor, you know, (laughs) so I was like, if it's pretty much there, just give them the money because I want to develop a reputation that I honored my word because next year when the same guarantee gets rolled out, they're like, they honored this thing. They gave away everyone who basically applied, got their money back. And I want at reputation rather than, you know, trying to save a couple bucks here or there, you know? Totally. hundred percent. Okay. And then also for context of this with um, an outcome like that, like the mission being that specific outcome, are you charging $2,000 for this course? Like I want to kind of put this in perspective in terms of like what the results are versus maybe pricing positioning of the product itself. Yeah. We charge $2,000 for the program. Got it. And do you have, is there any reason why it's $2,000 for the program, the $2,000 guarantee on the back end? Have you thought about that? Is that something you guys tested or thought yeah, about or I developed? Mean, Basically, it makes it zero risk for them, at least financially. So, you know, the guarantee is for the amount of money they spent. So they're guaranteed to at least break even on the program. I love it. That's, yeah, very simple. Okay, so mission is number one. What else do you do to increase engagement and I guess get people moving through 
the program, getting them to complete, getting them to that, to that, those, that stage of success, we'll say, of actually hitting that, that objective of that mission? Well, core experience number four is constant wins. So basically, the way our biology or chemistry of motivation works is that when we're moving towards our goals and all of that, and we feel like we're winning, the brain releases a cocktail of dopamine and serotonin and happy chemicals that makes us feel good. And when we're not, it can suppress the flow of those chemicals. So I want to get people winning as fast as humanly possible. So that starts what I call moment one of day one. And how do you craft an onboarding sequence that gets someone winning right away, but it also impacts the entire structure of your program. So, so many times I would go and buy products and like the entire first module is just this overview of what you're going to learn in the whole course. And you've just trained people to sit passively and listen to you and do nothing, right? So why would you spend a whole module just talking about what they're going to learn and why this course is so important and you know how you just made the best decision of your life and stuff? And it's just filling people with a bunch of BS. So what I do is right there on the confirmation page, I get them into action. I get them doing something. Every single time they engage with anything in my program, they're taking action and getting results. So no training goes longer than 50 minutes, which is the outer edge of how a human can sustain their attention span. And every single training has some kind of win attached to it. And I gamify the backend membership site. So when people check off that they've watched a video, they get one XP experience point. And the membership site goes ka-ching and the counter at the bottom goes up. And then if they do the work, they get two experience points. So we make it double the reward to take the action than to just consume the content. And they hit that button and it goes ka-ching, ka-ching. So every single time, whether it's a five-minute training or whether it's a 50-minute training, there's a win attached to it. So they just collect these small wins that all lead them to the larger win of the product as a whole. And when we have this XP system in place, we can then do leaderboards on a weekly basis. We can do jump contests where jump 20 points by X date and we'll give you this. I mean, we did a t-shirt jump contest. We usually do it about two to three weeks in. We've sent hundreds of t-shirts around the world and people take pictures of themselves in these t-shirts and post them on the, the Facebook group because they're so excited they won this shirt. So there's so much you can do. And also just when we're looking in the back end, we see exactly where someone is in relation to the total points available. So if there's 20 points available at a particular time early in the program, and they've got zero, you know, or they have five, we know how we're doing. And we can see where people are following behind. We run an Operation Unengaged Student Rescue campaign two weeks in for people who have zero points or almost no points. We reach out to them. We've had someone, one of our students, Jennifer Holbus, who was reached out to in our Operation Unengaged Student Rescue campaign who then ultimately ended up investing something like $20,000, $30,000 with us and made a quarter million dollars from the program. So her big takeaway, that was the biggest breakthrough for her in the program is that someone cared enough to reach out. And in the past where she would have disappeared and just walked away, she rallied because someone was checking in on her and made a quarter million dollars from the program. So some of that stuff can really work, both the wins, but the mechanism you put around the wins to gamify the entire program, which can tap into other experiences like the experience of community, for example. Okay. I really like this. I'm particularly curious. So the first thing that came to my mind or thing about the person who probably would be wondering about this is, well, wait a second, do I need to like get a developer on board to design something like this? Are there any out of the box solutions that would allow like this kind of like implementation of gamification in terms of the XP points that you recommend? Yeah. I'm working with a membership site company right now to see if they can integrate it. 
I can't, you know, talk about that yet because it's not 100%, but there's a lot of different ways to do this. You can even do it old school style using a Google spreadsheet, right, where people are self-reporting. It's not quite as ninja as the custom gamified backend that we've created, but there are different ways to do this. Like people can self-report, you can have a collective spreadsheet. We've even done during live events, we do star charts on the wall and people freaking love it. Grown adults love star charts where they get to mark their progress throughout the course of an event, you could send them their own chart that they put on their refrigerator and they kind of do the star chart themselves and then take a picture of it and post it. There's so many different creative ways you can integrate wins even without a fancy membership site. Okay, cool. Interesting. And then I like how you overlay that with rewards and prizes and things like that. And it sounds like some of those are kind of surprises. Others, are they like baked in? It's like once you hit a certain number of XP, you get something. Are there things like that? Or are they always uh, random prizes and, and rewards? There's some baked in. So for example, um, we give back 10% of what they earn. If they hit the mission accomplished goal of 2000, we give them 10% back in experience points. Sorry, super bucks. So up to a thousand super bucks that they can use for future purchases with Live Your Message. So if they earn $10,000 from the program, they get a thousand super bucks that they can then apply towards one of our year-long mentorship programs, our mastery program. They can also donate it to the Live Your Message Foundation, which could create scholarships for future students and things like that. So, you know, that's one thing that, that's built in, which is one of the win states. So if they win, they can actually receive up to half of their money back to spend with Live Your Message or donate it to future students as well. Very interesting. And so the way you structure this, it's like $2,000 for the course of this program. People go through it. It's it, it, you've, you've integrated these 10 principles, two of which we've kind of hit on already. But then it sounds like there's also components that you've built into this. It seems very methodical, which is that there's ways that people can upgrade to something else or upgrade and get something in addition, like, I don't know, coaching, mastermind, some kind of continuity program. Can you give me a kind of an overview of like how you structure that and how you thought about that? Like if somebody wanted to implement something similar well, really, it's my, the entire customer journey of our business and the entire buyer's journey of our business. And that, that's a whole nother conversation because it would take me a little while to explain because I've got a specific methodology for crafting your customer journey through your business to have people wanting to continue to stay with you for years and product after product after product. But ultimately, you know, we have a pretty deep back end. A $2,000 program is kind of towards our front to middle end at Live Your Message. So we have People can stay in our community for up to four years. We have four different year-long programs for total newbies who are just getting started to our mastery program for people who have you know, six to seven figure businesses that, that they want to scale. And usually when people have gotten great results with us in one program, they're going to want to continue. So our next step is getting them to our live event. Always have a big live event every February. And you know this is a seven figure event for us, but people love it. And we show how this is the next step. The live event is the next step for them, no matter which program they go through. And then from there, they often continue their journey with us in one of our year-long programs. Got it. And so in your opinion, when you work with people like this, who are like, say, developing an experienceified kind of program or product, and they roll something like this out, is it also part of it where you encourage them to think through what that journey is at the same time? Or that sounds maybe, I, I, like, I'm curious how you, you recommend people like approach something like that. Is it worthwhile to think about how, hey, if I'm selling the standalone product, where does this person go after they finish this? Do I have a membership site or a, a mastermind or something like that that's higher ticket? Yeah. So we teach this at our live event, our Message to Money live event, the exact customer journey model. We don't actually teach it in the core experience product masterclass. The reason being is that 
for a lot of people, creating one product is like a mind fuck, you know? So that's to figure out I have to create weight two or a whole suite of products. Ah, and I don't want to get them stuck before they even get started. So after the program ends, they come in February and then I show them the next step, right? Okay, here's how you craft your next step and you craft your entire customer journey. I definitely think it's worthwhile to think about, but if someone's a total newbie, sometimes just finishing a product, even if it's a product that's not going to be something that you sell for years and years to come, you basically earn while you learn. And I think it's more important to get something done, sell it, see how people respond and iterate than to try to craft this like Uber customer journey. So it depends on what stage of business growth someone's at. And if they're adding to an existing product suite, you've got to think a lot more strategically. If you're just new and just getting a product done is a massive accomplishment, you know, then if they follow my methodology with like a mission, a clear mission, they're going to not make a lot of the big mistakes anyway of putting everything into your first product. So I love this. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I know we go deep into any one of these conversations. Obviously you have whole programs built around this stuff. I know we barely scratched the surface too with the experienceifying and you gave us two core ideas that we can take away though from this conversation. I know there's other places where people can go to find out more and learn more about these. So of the 10 principles, you share two constant wins and mission. Is there some place where our listeners can go to check out the other eight and learn a little bit more about this? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've got a training on the experience product phenomenon and really the entire idea of experience escalation, which is stacking these wins on top of each other, as opposed to what I call the downward death spiral, which is what most uh, information-based products do to people that cause them to get overwhelmed, get stuck, walk away and get frustrated. So I've got a training on how to work with the natural chemistry of motivation in people's brains and really turn them into people who can almost achieve anything. So if you go to liveyourmessage.com forward slash in the trenches, all one word, you'll find this initial training. So just liveyourmessage.com forward slash in the trenches, all one word, no dashes. You can check it more out about the experience product phenomenon and potentially join us in our next experience product masterclass. I love it. I would encourage that. Marisa, I know we barely scratched the surface on this, but it's got my mind going all sorts of directions and in ways that I could improve even what I'm doing. So I know the people who are listening are probably thinking the same thing. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this with us on In the Trenches. You're welcome. Well, I have to say is that the results speak for themselves. And when I show pretty much any of my colleagues our back end, and you can see the number of points that each person has, nobody is getting this kind of engagement, like what we've been able to create in our own products and teach our students, clients, and customers to create for their people. So it's one thing to experience an experience product for yourself. But once you start to create those experiences for your clients, it's a lot more fun to create products when you know people are enjoying it. It also gives you a lot of latitude and creativity that many people don't bring into their businesses to everybody's detriment. So it's super fun and you're going to get results and people are going to love you for it. And it's a lot more rewarding and validating as a product creator to know that the products that you're creating are actually doing what you say they're going to do. And they're not just empty promises you make in your marketing materials, but you're delivering the real thing and people are enjoying the experience. I love it. I know it, it seems like a game changer. It seems like it's so simple, but it's still profound. And it's also, it's one of those things where it, it seems like that should be common sense, but I don't know if it's common practice. It certainly isn't for me. Well, there's, cause there's so many things you have to calculate for and do to even get something out in the first place. So it's like, yeah, unfortunately it's like the experience of the user takes a backseat to a, a, if I crafted like the content, do I like think this content will work, et cetera, et cetera. But not really think about how the person actually engages with the content and ensuring like their success through it. And I think that's a game changer to kind of come at it from the user perspective and say, give them this mission, give them an objective, something that they can walk away from this end state. And that if you, if they just follow this process 
the way through, they can achieve that. And oh, by the way, the, what we're going to do is we're going to engage with them the whole way through, make it fun, give them incentives to like engage and check things off the list and just create this real experience around it. That seems missing from a lot of courses, probably mine included, unfortunately. So I'm going to be looking at ways I can up the ante on what I'm doing. So I really appreciate this, Marisa. Totally. You're welcome. Most people like, uh, uh-oh, when they hear what I have to share, it's like, I didn't do it. And there are two ways to respond. Some people are like, okay, I'm not going to share you with my students, clients, and customers so they don't realize that I'm doing everything wrong. And other people are like, oh, I better do this now because if I don't do it now, it's going to be demanded of me to do this in the future as other people start to catch on because this is spreading pretty fast. I love it. Well, thank you, Marisa. I will encourage everyone to go check out the show notes. Just go to tommorcus.com slash podcast and check out what Marisa's doing. And we'll also link up to the In the Trenches link that you created. So thank you so much. Good thing. All right. Take care. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please do me a favor and go to tommorcus.com slash iTunes. That's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S dot com slash iTunes and leave a rating and review for In the Trenches. Not only do I read and appreciate every review, but it helps spread the word of this podcast and allows me to continue to get on great guests. So thank you for your support and I'll catch you on the next broadcast of In the Trenches.